Welcome to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast with Elliot Kay and Jose Yukar. Every week we bring the tips, tools, and strategies for you to become a world-class public speaker. We bring you guests, experts, and authorities in the field of public speaking to enrich you and enhance your public speaking journey. Remember to subscribe, rate, and comment. And now, please welcome your hosts, Elliot and Jose. It is Monday, which means it is the Public Speaking Expert Podcast recording day. Jose, are you super excited or what? Sorry, say say that again. I couldn't hear you. Are we podcasting already? We are podcasting already. Yes, we are. All right. So what I said was, what I said was, it's Monday and it's podcast recording day. Are you excited? It's Monday again. And here we are. I haven't seen you for like two weeks. You should be like, oh my God, Ellie, I'm so happy to see you. I've missed you, brother. Like another mother. Like a hole in the head. Well, brother, I mean, you've been looking at your phone. No, I'm not looking at my phone. I was looking at my drinks and, you know, just make sure I got my drinks, my coffee and my water. <laughs> and then the phone as well and my chapstick, you know, the lipstick. Um, Elliot, <laughs> yeah, I, I miss you. But then I've been asking you, you know, to finally meet. And then you ask, yeah, we're never meeting. And we want to meet, bring my family over, my wife. Blah, yeah, blah, do. Blah. Yeah, I did. I asked you. So give me some dates. I gave you some. Okay. And then I, I, I still haven't heard back from you. So this is how I excited I am. Okay, you know, there we go. Uh, you, know, you know what I love, I especially love about today? Is that I get to speak to someone clever and intelligent and someone with wow. insight and someone that's been in the industry for years. And that's what I'm really looking forward to today. But Jose, I want you to be reassured that I... I love you. I just want you to know that I love you. Thank and, you. That and means a lot. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. But today I'm super excited because not only do I not get to hear from you most of the podcast, but I get to hear from someone that we've had the pleasure of connecting with um, who shows up on a regular basis to our clubhouse, shares his wisdom, his insight, his knowledge, who has a passion for the industry. And, you know, I think it's interesting because I'm talking about David Stolman, of course, our guest. And here's the interesting part. You know, if ever you would think of a stereotypical image of an agent, David is completely the opposite, right? (laughs) If you think of this cutthroat, go get, kill, kill, kill kind of mentality, I get, I get, I could be completely wrong, by the way, but I get the completely opposite impression about David. He cares, he's compassionate, he's passionate, he wants his speakers to do really well, not just because they get him paid, because he actually cares for their well being. He cares about their businesses, he cares that they pay taxes, which is why, Jose, I was like, we've got to get him on the Public Speaking Expert podcast. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Amazing. <laughs> is that it? Look, I think w- when you're saying, yeah. I mean, what can I say about David? I love him. And he can be the antithesis of what we know of, I a, love you. of a speaker agent and everything else. But, you know, when he, brings, when he brings the guns, when he brings the knowledge, the insights and everything else, I think he cuts throats as well in his very unique way. He's very contrarian and I love his style. He's cut my throat a few times. He's one of the yeah, very I mean, few that they're good at cut, cutting. You're not good at cutting my throat, but he's very good at cutting my throat. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not interested in cutting your throat. Then how, <laughs> how are so we going to carry on podcasting? That. There we go. But you do get on my nerves. You know that with that you know, <laughs> smile of yours. Anyway, let's not make it personal. Let's just keep so it professional. Let's keep yeah, smiling. Yeah. I'm going to keep yeah, smiling. Yeah, so. Yeah. Let's bring this back. But a couple of shout-outs very quickly. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to the guys at Riverside. I'm on Riverside, mate. Who have officially acknowledged us as the top five percent content creators for Riverside. We are on Riverside, Whoa, mate. We are on Riverside, mate. 
exactly. So we're super excited about that. Let me see if I can. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, ready? Are you ready for this? Here we go. Peter, where are you? I'm on Riverside, mate. There we go. I think that's what did it. It's that recording that we keep going. I'm on Riverside, mate. So, David, welcome to the Public Speaking Expert podcast. How, how do you find that as an intro to a podcast? I, I yes. Not coming back again. It is an intro to a podcast. It is. It's different, huh? But I will say uh, that I enjoyed that assessment of me. Uh, because while I represent my speakers and our talent, I want to do it in a way that is not stereotypical, but meaningful. I'm going to speak at times very slowly because I know when I listen to your podcast, I'm doing it at one and a half or one and three, one and a half speed where you two sound like chipmunks fighting. And so maybe if I slow down the cadence <laughs> of my speech, people will say, well, that's normal compared to them. And uh, at different times, I may speed up, too, because then they'll be running or whatever they're doing with their phone and look down and have to change the speed setting. But in truth, it, it's funny because my um, I have a cousin who is a sports agent uh, with very high talent, high, high talent, top of the line NFL football, American football players. I have uh, my brother who was in the film industry and for a long time was an agent as well in feature films out in Hollywood. And while I love them both, I am not like them in many ways and got into the agent business very differently. And it wasn't uh, a destination I picked out, but I realized that I wanted to advocate for other people who, like I was a speaker at the time, in a way that could protect their impact and help them build a livelihood doing well by doing good. And um, that's really what brought me into it. And Campus Speak, my company, is all about really doing that. So Love thanks it. for noticing. So give us a little bit, give us a little bit. So you didn't wake up going, I want to be an agent one day. So tell us how you ended up becoming an agent one day. The truth is I became a speaker. And I became a speaker because I was interested in, in as a college student, in the student organizations that I was involved in, and I had the opportunity to do consulting work across uh, the United States. And I wanted to travel and I wanted someone else to pay for it. And so that's what I ended up <laughs> doing. And so I did that for about a, a year. And then I did it for another year under somebody's banner, uh, taking their content first and then making it my own and continuing that on in that development. And I was working with universities and schools kept asking me to come back. And I was, I was working on a master's degree at the time when schools kept asking me to come back and do more of this work that I was doing. And um, it turned into one after the next. And so then I became a speaker. And while I was working on this master's program, I started reaching out to mentors of mine as, as others who have given me advice said, you want to be a good speaker, get around good speakers, have good speakers as friends. Um, and they started to ask me to manage their stuff. And so I started managing 18 speakers that were doing this very part-time managing contracts, collections, some group marketing for us all to save some money and energy. And that kind of grew where I was managing 18 speakers and doing it full-time. And as I found another mentor tell me, I'm, I'm interested in doing the same thing. I said, great. And I dumped it on him. 
we built up <laughs> our roster and um, he took on the managing role for the first 15 years before I bought him out that um, we built our roster up and really had great intentionality on, we were the only agency focused on speakers in higher education in North America, whereas others worked with bands, comedians, jugglers and novelties and everything and what we were focused on the educational mission that would advance uh, a university or college's educational mission and so we became very deep and specific and everything that we were building and doing was to be in line with that mission as a partner supporting this industry and we've been able to build in 20 some years now uh, a brand and an identity that is trusted within our field and i think that's Quite honestly, my biggest accomplishment. Wow. Love that. Josie. David, how, how many speakers do you have now within Campus Speak? We maintain a roster of about 50 to 60 average speakers, uh, 50 to 60 on average uh, year to year. And some are very full-time and some are very part-time. Some work in higher education as well as other industries. We have some speakers that are associations and corporate uh, some are in high school as well as uh, military. So they have most of our speakers are, are in a few different areas, uh, the full-time ones especially. And then we have some that are very part-time, um, that this is a very small part of the work that they do. So would you say it's the 80-20? 80 80%, 20% of your revenue comes from, sorry, 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your speakers. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, it's pretty close. I think um, it might even be closer to 90-10. But oh, wow. uh, that's just because some of the full-time ones, the volume of them is, yeah. But my so company, we Jose... off. So we have more than just speakers. We also have interactive workshops. So a difference is a, a speaker is one stage, an unlimited audience, maybe an hour. Uh, our mm -hmm. workshops are three to five hour deep dives for groups up to 50 that are facilitated um, by people, many of which are our best customers that are very part-time trained in just facilitating that curricula or those curricula. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a, a part of our company. We also have online courses. So one of the things that we decided to do through another company of mine uh, supporting as a partner is, um, so Jose has, a, has amazing content, so much that it's well beyond what one hour keynote could do. I, I think he needs an online course, which is a really updated version of a book for a speaker because, you know, a book now is seen in many ways as credibility. It's a way of delivering content, but an online course actually is a greater ability to, to keep things immediately relevant in changing times as well as create community. Um, and you're able to get feedback in such a way from an online course that you can't get from a book. Uh, so it's a different animal in many ways. And so we're helping some of our speakers um, layer their educational content into a multimodal way where they have an online, an online speech. Some also have consulting work, but they also have a book and an online course. So a, a client can really interact with their content and benefit from it in many ways. Mm, okay. And well, I, I was think it's say... important to highlight quickly because that's not Jose, that's not me. So that is another Jose, Jose. What's his surname? No, just in case, because people listening to the podcast, they know Jose, Jose, but it's not me. Jose. He is Jose. 
Yes. He's Jose. They're Jose. And what's his surname, David? <laughs> no, uh, we. I'm talking about you, actually. <laughs> oh, what? Exactly. What you, what you, you need to get your content out. That was a little a little jab to get you oh. moving here. Where's okay, your book? thank you Where's very your much. Online course? The world needs more of what's in your head out there. Come on, man. Yeah. All right, brother. I thought I thought you were talking about. Oh, are you joking me? Now, <laughs> no, I mean, have, I think... yes. One of our speakers is Jose Peranian. Yes, that's a yes. Okay. One of the speakers we represent. Oh, sorry for you see that, No, that's okay. This Listen, is what happens my, when I pretend. Is not my asset. No, definitely um, not today. I'm pretending <laughs> to be professional here, listening to what you're saying, and then apparently you were talking about me. I do have an online course, by the way. I didn't know. That. I have. I haven't you got see? a book yet. Yeah, it's called the World Class Communicator. Why is I the share book it with not you. out, Jose? And the book is not out yet because I haven't written a book. And there is another one. Well, I'm, I'm doing one with Elliot, but then that's another story. That's just an excuse. I haven't checked some chapters. <laughs> you haven't David. checked? You haven't done anything? What do you mean you haven't well, some chapters? Li leave, leave me alone. At least I'm not sitting here doing nothing. Well, I mean, there are some other things happening in the background. In the background. Uh, okay. that, David? Okay. Elliot, everyone has their own process. <laughs> that's exactly. true. Some take... <laughs> Months and months, while others move a lot quicker than that. So yes, that is very true. Um, so let's let's uh, let's deep dive. What's your next question, Jose? Because I know you have one. Before I well, go my next mind. question: you you said you have fifty to sixty speakers, and then you deliver workshops and everything else, and uh, you have also part time speakers. And I was curious: is there? Oh, there is a bit of echo. I noticed just now. Okay, is are there some critical points that you think get certain speakers booked more than others? Or do you get, you know, I want Jose or I want Elliot or I want this other guy. What would you say are the reasons for that? I think, and I will, I'll put the caveat in, in the higher education market, there are differences in buying cycles, buying trends, issues, and all of those things. Uh, one of which is that the higher education market, which we most frequently serve, is very reactionary uh, to immediate general trends. So if, um, you know, in, in the United States, there was a big racial reckoning um, in the wake of the George Floyd murder. And universities started to realize, oh, wow, we have some issues. I think we knew them. And there were people within universities that said, well, we've been saying this for a while. But what happened is that budget funds started to move timing and priority of things started to move in reaction to do programming in those areas. And so, you know, we may have speakers that have been around and fairly busy for a while doing diversity, equity, inclusion programming, that as that shift in the market became very immediate and the market itself for that topic grew, they became busier. Uh, over the years, we've always done more alcohol and drug programming. And as money went from those topics toward, uh, eventually they started to move toward sexual violence prevention, rape prevention program, um, which also, again, was a topic for years. And one of the points of pride is that we were first agency representing a, a speaker talking about that issue and forcing universities to say something they didn't want to talk about and, and really have deep and powerful conversations on it. And this was a, a woman that was on the cover of Time Magazine calling out universities for their lack of it. And it started to move that topic up. So what you'll see with our speakers is some topics will wane, you know, will grow and then wane, and you'll see them get busier. Um, but one of the differences within our market is that in higher education, oftentimes the buyer is a college student, the person who makes the decision. We want 
this speaker over that speaker is a college student. So when you market to an association, they may have the same executive director of that association for 20 years. When you market to a company, the people that bring programming in through HR might be the same person for five or 10 years. Uh, even a high school, uh, a, you know, a primary you know, school that the principal or vice president principal is there for a long time and does the programming. Our market has a constant churn of buyers. So it's topical. It's the advertising that you do. It's the position that you have in terms of um, immediate credibility and relatability. So people that are, are now like Elliot, a TikTok star, but that also <laughs> have great content are able to connect with audiences. But who knows how long TikTok will be around relative to what Facebook or Instagram. And so people that are, are surfing many trends in our market, but also for my company, we're talking about people that have great content that make deep impact. And so a number of the gatekeepers are the ones that say, well, yes, you can go to Campus Speak because we've vetted people. And when they're busy or have limited resources or time, they just know, kind of like, you know, uh, Elliot, you need to find a babysitter and all the normal people are, are set and like you can't get anybody and then you have to go to a service. And that babysitter service, the credibility of them, you lean on. So my company has been able to build up that credibility within our particular market so that some people are very part-time they're not doing a lot of marketing, but when the issue comes up, the university calls us and we say, here's the person that you might not know of, and they need to be in front of your students. So okay. it's a long answer to a very complicated question, I think, but oh, I'm good at giving Fantastic. You plenty, plenty of detail. I loved it. Thank you very much so for that, So before we, um, we go to a mini kind of commercial break, um, let's, let's ask the million pound question, million dollar question. In fact, I'm going to ask two of them, two million pound dollar questions. Uh, in fact, I might even uh, do two this. Two million pound dollar questions. Right. Extra bonus. Uh, one, what does an agent want from a speaker? Two, when should a speaker seek an agent? It's a great set of questions. An agent wants, an agent wants things for their clients and an agent wants things for their business. Right. So on one side of the coin, I, we, we have a written policy and it's in our application, no divas. What? I don't want to deal with, how could you say that? I don't want to deal with speakers bullshit and their big heads or anything like that. <laughs> I have no tolerance or time and wasting any of my staff time on dealing with that crap <laughs> is no, 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 no. So I see why I see why you're not working with Elliot. Okay. <laughs> so if you're the kind of speaker that, you. needs, that has high maintenance and you need this in your green room or you need people, you're definitely not for us. And there are agencies that will tolerate that. So there, you know, I will say that it doesn't make it easier to get selected by an agent. Other things would have to overcome that. So responsiveness. I'll tell you, the person who does our sales, if if she texts you and say, here's a gig offer, and you don't respond, one, within an hour, she starts finding out if you're on an airplane or stalking you on social media to find out where you are. <laughs> if it's 12 hours and you haven't responded, you know, oh boy, you're in trouble. If it's 24 hours and you haven't responded, you're you're like dead dirt. So <laughs> oh um, 
you know, things happen quickly. And so responsiveness, Uh, even if it's the I don't know yet, but responsiveness, easy to work with um, someone that's committed to their cause so that we can genuinely and honestly sell you. Say this is a person that's that's, you know, that has integrity, that has um, a business ethic and professionalism that we want to work with. And on the other side of it, that we want to work and provide to our customers so that we're giving them not just good content on a stage for the audience, but a good experience from start to finish. So on that other side, uh, we had a speaker apply three times. And, and as I had the conversation and I kept in touch, I keep in touch with a lot of potential speakers over multiple years. And three times he applied. The first time, he just wasn't ready. It just, he was very early on in his speaking journey. And I told him that, look, I may have been able to see potential in Michael Jordan as he was getting cut from his, his middle school basketball team. I may have been able to see that potential, but he still had to become Michael Jordan such that he would never be cut again. And maybe getting cut in middle school helped him to become Michael Jordan. And that name was earned. So the first Mm -hmm. time he just wasn't ready. The second time he got edged out by somebody else with a better book of business. And I said, you are good and you're going to be great. And I know that's the case, but you need to start working and earning and hustling. And because the more, and now we have a great relationship for a number of years. Once, you know, he came back, I said, make it so I can't say no. And he came back with a good book of business. And I also know that he had, he'd done some of that work so that when we do it for him and he's giving us a commission to buy his time back, he understands what we're doing, appreciates what we're doing, and it becomes a real partnership so that he can understand how we're doing it. We can work together on strategy because he understands he's done that grind and the hard work, and we're able to now have a much better partnership. So the people that come to any agent and say, I'm great on stage, I'm amazing with my content, now do everything else, I won't touch them. I won't go near them. It's just not our business model because our margins are so much slimmer. That person better solve a really big problem that someone wants to pay a lot of money for because in the lot of money that they get paid, a good chunk of it needs to go to someone to dealing with all that. <laughs> that they need a manager and an agent who are going to take a lot of that stuff on and it has to be worth their time. <laughs> so, you know, the juice has to be worth the squeeze, as they say. Mm-hmm. So how do you get picked by an agent? Provide great content. Be very professional and responsive. Run your business well and show that you know how to do the business. So you can partner with that agent together and create a take what is a, a small fire and let that agency be the, the kerosene that ignites it to a much greater level. I want That's to squeeze in one more question, if I may. Of course. Jose, is that okay? <sighs> <laughs> so I think there's an education piece here needed to be done between the difference between an acting agent and a speaking agent, right? And I think how they operate is distinctly different. Um, and I'd love to hear that explanation from you. As someone that has, is it cousins or, or you know, who, who, who do operate 
it's a very different not only mentality but also how you execute the service is very different and i'd love to hear you explain the difference for our audience more than anything well there are bureaus and there are agencies um, and there are managers there's management and so there's the label means a lot less than the um, suite of services you're paying for. So for example, our agency also has a marketing firm attached to it where we buy our speakers, pay for marketing through that channel and we put it all together, you know, so the services are the way I think the best lens to look at this. Are you paying for someone to do outbound marketing, direct sales? Are they making phone calls for you? You know, is that more of a manager or an agent? It depends on what you're paying for and what agency you select. If it's just, you know, they receive phone calls from clients, they have relationships that they've established with clients, and when your topic comes up, they plug you in, uh, or they do all contracts and negotiations and collections and all of that back-end side as well, or they do marketing and branding for you. So look at the suite of services and some bureaus that you think might be just lower touch and lower in terms of their involvement, act and provide some of the services that an agency might and that a manager might. Um, so I, I think it's really best to divorce from the labels and look at the services. Um, and I know, you know, my, my again, a cousin in, in sports and a brother in film that they did different things as well from each other. Uh, so that's why I think whenever you're considering a service provider, is this a tax accountant only or do they do financial planning also? You know, look at the services that are provided and look at what you can do, what you might have someone do better for you than you can do, and start to match up those services you need with the ones that they provide. Um, and so that's where a lot of research and good questions will come in, but a lot of self-awareness too. These are the things I could do, but someone would do better. So that that's what I would suggest when shopping around and looking for people that can provide, whether it's an agency, a bureau, or a manager. Okay, before I say any more, Jose. Yeah, thank you very much, Elliot. I'm here as well today. Hey, Jose came <laughs> to the party. He's just not I'm, here I'm... to look pretty, you know. Well, exactly. We can, Come we, on. That's, a, that's a different oh, yeah. conversation. Well, that's a debate for another day. Oh, we got Regina joining us as well for the first time. Oh, hello, oh, no, Regina, joining okay. us live. Oh, she wanted, oh she no, wanted she's gone. She, gave, she just she teased off. us. She was teasing us. So, David, the way I see this, which is uh, an interesting angle as well, it's like a partnership between, you know, the speaker and the, and the agent. And I want to go more into the technicalities of it. We tend to speak about all the collaterals of the speaker. So as speakers, what are those sets of collaterals that we're supposed to be building up? when we go and apply for a speaking engagement or apply for a speaking agency in, in your case. So what would you, do you want to see in there? Say, you know, there's a showreel. How do you want to see that showreel? There is a one-pager or that resume. How do you want to see that? What are the elements that stand out for you as an agent that will make people more bookable or, yeah, accepted into your organization? Yeah. I, I would also, again, caveat that the way that, we do what we do at Campus Speak is different than many other agencies because of our market. So talking with other agents that are more in the field that you would want to focus on is the, is, is the best advice I could give. What I will say is that um, there's, 
there's that feeling of professionalism that when you see a well-branded piece of material and the consistency from a variety of collateral that comes across and sort of has an intangible sort of washing over you, like, yeah, this person's the real deal. That their show reel has a feel that is similar in its elements and its construction to something that you're reading, to whether it's a PDF. The visual construction has a similarity that they fit together like pieces in a puzzle, as opposed to a very, as I've some some speakers put, very disjointed. Here, it just looks like YouTube. And this looks like a stock PDF template I used. So a level of consistency and a high level of branding across all of the collateral. And the attention to detail is something that I notice uh, after I don't notice it. It's an overall feel first. And then I start to look for, is, is that really designed or is this just you know, accidental? And I think those that really design and keep a real keen eye on the attention to those details and the consistency across them. So if they're... Um, closed captioning their showreel that maybe keywords that they want to make sure are highlighted are highlighted in a different color and those same keywords will show up on their one sheet. So that type of minute attention to detail because it adds to a, a depth of, uh, of that consistency of the message comes across in a much deeper way. I When I look at showreels, honestly, I skip around. Uh, when I watch them, and I don't know if other people do this too, but if there's a, a three-minute show reel, I'll watch the first 15, 20 seconds, I'll fast forward, I'll watch another 30 seconds, I'll fast forward again, and then I might go back and watch different parts. Again, just to see if you cut through, am I going to see a consistency of style and delivery um, or not? I'll look at the one-pager, and I'll look at what they're trying to communicate, I'll also look at what they're not trying to communicate. So if there's a reason they don't have testimonials that is obvious to me, I'll know why they're not using testimonials. If, they're, um, if the bottom third is covered with corporate logos, then I'm wondering what they're compensating for. Because that real estate may have been used toward a better understanding of who they are, what they do, and whom they do it for. And those basic questions I go over with you so often in Clubhouse, the I help X with Y so they can Z. I have to be able to know immediately the answers to those questions from their collateral. So it's the details and it's the overall package is what I look for. Sort of is if you're asking from a trained eye and I am a, I am that, then that's what my trained eye looks for. Is that, is that helpful? Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, that was very <laughs> helpful, especially, I mean, the, the whole, way to connect the dots in all the different documents, the collaterals. I really like the element that, you know, even the keywords that you're using on your showreel, then to use them on your one pager and maybe even on a blog or something else or on your website. Super helpful, David. And yes, indeed, a very, very clinical eye, which is why I love having you here. I see a question in the chat about is a showreel really important? It depends. For some, I would say it this way. If it is important for someone, it's better that you have it. <laughs> so to make sure that something like that's accessible, I think sizzle reels, when done really well, um, can can substitute a show reel. I think sizzle reels are best. 
best sizzle reels are, are, I think, from great editors. A great editor mm. who understands and can connect can take what is a good show reel and condense it in such a way. Look, if they can sell you a Hyundai in 30 seconds, I'm sorry. You know, they, you better have a great 30 second show reel in a sizzle reel. Um, so that yeah. show reel condensed and edited with other clips and B-roll and maybe um, a variety of ways. And, and the way I always suggest to people, whether it's your show reel or a sizzle reel, um, find people. Look, musicians, all the greatest even can talk about those musicians before them that, that were their influences. And that they yeah. built their success upon those influences. Same thing with speakers and the same thing with their collateral. Find people that, you know, you just know you connect with, connect with their message, connect with the way they deliver their message, their business model, and, and start looking at how they communicate themselves to learn. I think, you know, it's also important to understand when it comes down to Sheryl, Cesareal, that, you know, the standard expectancy, if you're a professional, is you have one and a good one. That if you don't, you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage, right? So if you, you can be a great speaker, but if you're not showing up with what, the minimum is then you're already below minimum and i think that's the important part so they are important why because every other one has every other speaker has one so you not having one sure you might drop on the odd oh they're so different let me find out you'll go they don't have one in the bin and it's normally the latter they don't have one in the bin unless um, you are some kind of content expert in such great depths that you want to say, oh, well, no, I'm not really a speaker. I'm just a content expert. I am an expert among all experts in this one particular minute topic. And, okay, you can do that, I, you know, but don't expect it, you know, you should expect it will have an impact on the general, you know, purchasability that, you, you know, that a, someone might consider you, whether you're going to be on their stage or not. Did I answer your question, Jose? Well, uh, oh, that did answer my question. And the other question came from the chat, which I love That's the fact true. that people are engaging with us Asking live. Asking us conversations. Thank you so Amazing much. Questions. You have got a great opportunity here. And I mean, regarding the importance of showreels, simple. If I, don't, if I want you to speak at one of my events and I don't see you speak anywhere, how do I know? Exactly. You, know, you, you, you can't how deliver what you said you can. How really do I know? Me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Every now and then I just burst out in Yeah, song. what ifs, what ifs. Another piece is, of Is advice. your cousin watching this? Is your cousin watching this, David? Uh, How does that know? No, I'm joking. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> the other piece of advice would be to stop Don't hiding sing. your collateral. How many? Oh yes. I, we, we lost I, him. He's given up. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. I actually He's gone. Yeah, for a moment, but I'm back. I'm back. Three or four clicks deep on a web page. Right. Uh, you know, why, why are you making it hard for someone to, to buy your product? You know, I mean, it's great. Have a Dropbox or something that your page can link to where they can have everything from, you know, your promotional material once they hire you all the way through to, you know, everything, right? But your collateral for what they, you know, that front-facing stuff should be immediately accessible, you know, as they say, links to it above the fold on your web page. Hmm. Just stop hiding the good stuff. Right, bring your good stuff to the front. All right, Jose. And even Absolutely. Every like time, if you have even, to sing about it. <laughs> exactly. How do I, how would I know? How would you know? This is really interesting. So I've got a couple more questions and, and one I'll let you geek out on. Um, but what are the big like you've told us kind of one of your no nos is don't be a diva. 
But what would you say is kind of the other two top no-nos? So don't be a diva, be responsive. So don't be arrogant uh, and think that we're going to wait and hold the gig for you. Is there any other kind of no-nos you want to put out there to our audience that are both listening and watching this? In working with agents and agencies. Yeah. I want to be tactful in saying this, but tact is not my strongest suit. So <laughs> Give us the gift of up. your honesty. Uh, I, I'd say... Do your best to live by, uh, you know, a professionalism and a set of ethics that someone can count on. Uh, if you enter into a contract, enter into that contract in spirit and word. Become a partner with those with whom you contract. Uh, I'm tired of, you know, the speakers that are trying to angle and squeeze and dance around relationships to you know, basically sidestep responsibilities. Oh, well, the contract might say this, but I'm going to try to squeeze and act like that. Quit trying to get up over people. Why don't you work in a collaborative, actual productive way and building relationship rather than trying to, to go behind someone's back? And I will say this, that, you know, the idea that speakers can't have, you know, if you preach from the stage something, about being a leader and ethics and things like that. You got to live that way as well. Don't talk about um, a willingness to have difficult conversations and then avoid them in your personal and business life. Uh, don't talk about authenticity and be full of shit. Um, <laughs> like, let's try preaching it both in the stage as well as the way you do business. Because I'm tired of, of, of honestly of speakers that are just self-interested in, in in their operations and you know sort of that attitude of conniving and it's it's like the worst of the business in stereotype um and, and that's why i'm just tired of that and i would hope that people come with a heart to serve um and a heart to partner and work out problems and all that kind of stuff because there will be rub but when you do it from a, a place of goodness and, and a desire for mutual benefit then I think it makes life a lot easier for everybody. Wow. Love that. Jose? David, we've had this conversation in the past as well. And sometimes with Elliot, whenever we're going to be promoting what we do, and you know, we always think about the American market because, as you know, we're in the UK, but then the American market for speakers, for coaches, is huge, as we all know. So what would be your recommendations for us, for people listening to this, people that would like to start in the American market, what would you say to them? What do we need? How can we make it happen? Over to you, senor. Wow. <laughs> Big question. I don't know if I could speak for the entire American market. I well, would Just say give us general. your take as usual. Just no, North America. I, I would just say in, in general, <laughs> any market, you got to learn. I, I know that I don't know so much more than I know. Right. I, I know that. And when it comes to whether it's, uh, you know, aspects of, of corporate speaking market, even in the United States, it's different than the world that I've been living the last 25 years, that little tiny corner I'm in. So I know that I don't know. And so with its, uh, the UK market, I, I, I don't I only know where to begin, which is to talk to people like you and to get deep in the weeds and to do all that I can to learn what I don't know and even learn the things that I don't know that I don't know. 
so that I can start to learn them too. So when it comes to the American market, there are so many sub-markets, I'm guessing like in the UK, like across the continent, you know, Asia, everything else, that there are so many sub-markets and trends. Uh, so for anyone that wants to learn about higher education in North America, start to read. Start to read the journals, Chronicle of Higher Education or HigherEd.com or other you know, university business. There are, there are entities that put out publications that you can learn just by scanning the headlines. So if you want to learn about a particular sub-market of the U.S. and you want to learn about associations, start to learn about association management companies and what publications are out there about uh, the association of association executives. Um, and so I think it's a matter of diving in and learning the things as best you can within your particular vertical. I'm a big fan of niching, going deeper and deeper into one niche, that going broad makes you someone that's not credible in, in all things. Uh, so going deep into one market is the best business model I've, I've, I truly believe in. And so. David, quickly, one question that follows <clears throat> my initial question. Thank you for that, by the way. So are you, imagine people from the UK or people from any other country, they want to, they want to speak to the higher education industry, they come and talk to you. Mm -hmm. Do you take speakers for, well, let's call it foreign speakers, international speakers on board as well? No, I'm not speaking about Elliot and myself. In general, people listening to this conversation that, you know, they would like to do that. Yeah. I think and Elliot and myself. I think it's a good question because I've already told both of you how much I love you and no, and uh, <laughs> how much respect I have for you and no. The, the thing is you have to look at the, the, again, the business model. In higher education, the, the general speaking fee is lower. And so you know what you're paying for in cost in international travel might be something to add into an existing business in a small, very specific way. But to build an entire business around it might be much more challenging. Replicating that model in the UK is something that's more curious to me, is if there are lots of speakers, there are lots of speakers, lots of speakers. You know, there are people that are teaching people how to be speakers in the higher education market in North America. We have a program, College Speakers Academy, through our website um, to try to help give people a real assessment Because there are others that are out there saying, you can make six figures working only four months. And I'm like, holy smokes. That's, that's, um, it, it feels disingenuous to me. Um, and so we put something out there. And honestly, some of the best feedback I got once was somebody telling me, I invested in your program and I saved a ton of money because it told me this wasn't the right market. And all the money I was going to invest in building a business in this market was saved. Because I now know this isn't the right place for me. And so that was amazing. Um, for other people, they built their own business and they're successful doing well um, by doing good. So maybe there's a better move of going into the UK and building a market where there is not as big a market and staying close to home. And I'd be very interested to talk with people who might know how to do that. Definitely need to connect you with then a, a former guest of ours, Maria Franzoni. I'm sure you two have a very interesting conversation. Marina, Maria, if you're watching this, connect with David. Uh, you could have a very interesting conversation. She's incredible. You're incredible. She definitely is one of the people to connect with in terms of insight into the UK speaking market. She ran a bureau for 25 years. She now teaches speakers how to be bureau ready. 
Um, but certainly she knows who's who in the industry. She's the she's the one one eight of the speaking industry. Uh, so uh, if you know what one one eight is in the UK, it's I like don't the direct. It's it's. Yeah. I think I translate it to the four one one here. The info, the number you call yeah, for info. Basically. Similar, yeah. The Wikipedia a bit, yeah. The Wikipedia <laughs> of the speaking industry. So, David, what we like to do is we like to make sure that whoever does want to reach out to you can reach out to you as we start to wrap up this episode. Uh, so how do people reach out to you? What do they need to do? Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them now. You asked another big no-no. I will tell you as it, it, within the context of my contact. You can reach me through Campus Speak, Campus Speak, one word, one S dot com. Uh, our, my email address is on there. Our, our website is really, really informative. Uh, which means when people come to me and say, hey, I want to speak on college campuses and they've done no research on our website, I know they're not professional because <laughs> anyone that's really professional will look at a website and try to learn something. And I will then question sort of how they do business in my mind. So if you want to reach out to me, shoot me an email. I'm happy to connect with people. I, I'm on LinkedIn a tiny bit, not much. Um um, I really, uh, I'm eager to be able to connect with great people that want to do good things. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very mission driven. Um, you know, one of our speakers long ago, uh, who was also a comedian, um, who passed, uh, named Mike DiStefano, it said, if you have no cause, you will have no impact. And, you know, I really look for people that are mission driven in what they're trying to accomplish on this earth. And so if, if that fits the bill and you're willing to do a little bit of reading on our web page so that we can have an informed conversation that's valuable, uh, I'm, I'm open to the connections and, and happy to serve any way that I can. Brilliant. Jose, any, any final last words? I just have the usual, and I'm going to share this from the bottom of my heart. Always with David, the impact is going to be he can't even do it. He can't even do it. He was set up. Right the impact, the impact is in the unpack. There we go. The impact it. is in the unpack. So close. Brilliant. And always, always remember that success is on the other side of fear. And David has got so much more wisdom. David, it's been a pleasure, my friend. I mean, I know we could carry on with this conversation for at least two or three more hours. So people watching this live, people listening to the replay, listening to the podcast, subscribing to the podcast and sharing it, please. Get in touch with David, an incredible human being, apart from a professional. He's also often on Clubhouse, so check him out. Get in touch. David, I haven't got anything else to say today apart from Elliot, leave me alone. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> David, thank you well. again for coming today. It's been a pleasure. So here's why I want to just wrap this up with. Look, you heard from David, a man in the mix who has met, worked with, said yes, said no to thousands of speakers across the last 20 plus years. There is no one-fits-all solution, but what you do need to do is do your research, know what you're looking for, and come with a collaborative approach. Don't be a diva. Work together because you're more likely to achieve more. Till the next time, go out there, not only to be a great speaker, but to... Speak your greatness. Oh, sorry. So for David, for David to say. So say oh, that David, again, Elliot. Yes, yeah, for David to say. Can't not only on be a great speaker, but to... Speak your greatness. Woo! You've been listening to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast with Elliot Kay and Jose Ucar. Follow us on Instagram and join us next week for even more. Remember to always speak your greatness. Subscribe, rate, and comment.